0: Hello and welcome to Podcast Extra with myself, Jess Percival, the wonderful Tim Cameron Kitchen and we also have some special guests today including Sam, Nick and Andy. Welcome to the podcast everyone, very happy to have you. We are going to be talking about our predictions for 2024, trying to predict the future, although I feel like so much has changed in the past year. There's going to be a lot that we can talk about and a lot of things that are getting revved up to go in in 2024 and I think yeah everybody's everybody's nodding everybody's like there's a lot there's a lot of things a lot of different things happening tim how are you feeling about 2024
1: i feel like this is the first year where we have you know every every year we make a predictions video and most of the time we're doing this for views and the basic predictions are that things are broadly going to stay the same I feel this is the year where there are some potential huge updates coming, whether it's generative AI coming into search results, building AI tools. We've got massive changes going on in PPC in email in content. Like this is such a colossal period of change in digital marketing. So I can't wait to see what 2024 brings. And hopefully some of our estimations today come true.
0: I think so and we know that absolutely no one will be saying that voice search is the future (laughs) so if you're here for that that is not happening um oh Tim well Neil Patel
1: did tweet this week that voice search is the future um anyway well
0: someone's got to do it someone's got to lead the charge on that um just so everybody that's watching live knows um we are recording this podcast as we go so feel free to ask questions but we have lots to talk about today so we're really sorry if we don't get to anything and of course if you're listening to this on catch up feel free to leave any comments or questions on the platform that you're listening or watching on we are going to start with andy we're going to talk about some seo predictions andy andy's rejoined us this week so we've kind of thrown him straight into this and been like you're on a podcast this week have fun so andy what are your thoughts on on what's changing with SEO in 2024? Is that too much of a big question?
2: Um, well, I think I'm just going to have to jump straight in with the big one, SGE. I know Tim's talked about it a lot, but it is huge for SEO, SGE. So for those of you not unfamiliar with SGE, it stands for Search Generative Experience from Google. And this is Google introducing AI into their algorithm. So obviously that's a big change, but we need to be considering how's it going to actually change organic search? Because obviously organics, what we're concerned about in SEO, that's what we do. So how's it actually going to how's it actually going to change and integrate into organic search? So I've got a couple of areas that we need to that I think where we need to be looking at. So one of the main ones is personalization in how it's going to personalize search results. I, I can see a big change coming in personalized search results. So Google already personalizes search results to a degree. It's not a huge amount, but you will get a different search results. If we search the same things, you'll get different search results as I will, because you're in a different location. And Google knows that. It also, picks up some other things. So it will use your cookies to understand what kind of websites have you looked at in the past, what kind of websites do you like, and that will affect it. It doesn't have a massive influence on the search results, but you will see different search results, location being the main one, but generative AI will allow Google to be, to go much further in that personalization in how it looks, uh, your search results. It'll be able to start predicting and start actually really understanding, not just, oh, you've looked at these websites, start understanding what you like and -hmm. start giving you results based on what you like, which could be a huge difference. How much it's going to do that is a bit open the air, and I wouldn't like to be drawn on that one, because obviously AI takes a lot of computing power. Google has a lot of searches. Um, If it's putting a lot of computing power into a lot of searches, that's a lot of cost to Google. So how it's going to balance that remains to be seen and i don't think it's going to be you know it's going to be running its full ai algorithms on every single search you do that would just be a waste of money from their point of view but I, it's death we're definitely going to be seeing more personalization coming into search results i mean google even mentioned it in terms of when they announced sge uh, one of the things that um, I've seen in terms of people talking about SGA was often gets overlooked. Is it's bringing in this um, what they're calling it the snapshot at the top of the search results, the big result. But one of what the, they also mentioned is oh, introducing this will also allow you to ask follow up questions to Google in your search. So that means personalization. You, you've got to have personalization if you can ask follow up questions. Otherwise, the follow up questions are pointless. Um, the way search currently works every search you do kind of stands on its own. You don't, you're don't, you not getting different search results depending on what you previously searched, slightly different because of your cookies and so on if you've visited sites, but not really. Whereas if you can ask follow-up questions, you absolutely can get yeah. different search results. Sorry, I've been talking for quite a while. It's, it's
3: interesting, Andy, because it, <laughs> it kind of links to, to one of the things I think we're going to see a lot of in PPC in that consumers are going to expect the perfect solution to their problem. So when we're advertising to consumers, we're really what they're expecting to see now and what's gonna lead them to buy from us is something that they feel is exactly right for them. I think SGE's behavior and the fact that search results are gonna be so personalized will introduce that expectation in customers.
0: Yeah, that actually makes me wanna ask a question to Sam about content. I know we're kind of veering off course, but I think um, it, it feeds in quite nicely. Do you think that people are gonna be expecting almost that same personalized experience from content? Or do you think that we can still get away? If I say get away, should we still be creating these big like ultimate guide to, Or should we be creating more niche specific content?
4: I think the latter. I think with the level of personalization we're gonna expect to see, and what Nick says with consumers expecting something to be the one-shot perfect solution to their query, in in terms of managing content and in terms of creating content it's probably going to be on a more short form basis more specific and direct um you're going to need to leverage a lot more experience in terms of if you have a very particular niche you can double down on that and answer very specific questions about specific products and consumers needs um the ultimate guide approach i think will still exist in in many different formats and i don't think it's to say that okay stop writing blog content because there's always going to be a, a some kind of a place for that within search engines um but yeah i think the personalization aspect really draws a lot more into a narrow focus so if i need a specific answer to a question i'm going to expect to find it within a, a couple of queries and i think that's sort of like, this is what this is all about, right? Refining the search experience.
1: So, and we're. I was, I was going to say, SGE seems to be prioritizing and rewarding and linking to shorter form content, maybe even more than the regular organic results. So it seems like Google is already going that direction. It wants to serve up the very specific answer to that question rather than you know you don't see that many ultimate guides being linked um, so yeah it looks like Google is maybe start, starting to move in that direction already
4: it raises an interesting question around sort of uh, if you're a marketing manager for a business or if you're you know the one person responsible for marketing within a business there's a it changes how much um, it changes your resource management so like where do you spend the most time do you spend more time optimizing you know uh your landing pages to to, to go further down the funnel and make sure you kind of you've got the perfect match at that point or are you going more top of funnel so you're kind of spending more of your time uh focusing on answering consumers questions around your subject area so then you know where, where do you spend your time and really the answer to that is going to be how do you take a how do you put a strategy together to approach that um and that's going to be that's a big challenge i see coming up
2: yeah so um i related to that as well looking at content and how it fits in with uh, SGE and ai and how that works um, one thing i can see being and again like you mentioned just a moment ago tim in terms of it's google's been going that way a little bit and it's going even it feels like it's going even further that way is the importance of creating your own um, data to use in your content or at least um, using data in a unique and bespoke way so not just reiterating what somebody else has said but maybe a bit clearer or a bit different words i think that's really not i don't think that's going to cut it as much uh, when the new um, ai world is going to be even more important to be adding something new to what you're discussing and what you're talking about adding something new and unique to that that's what's then going to be rewarded obviously google rewards that to a degree now but i think it's got to be bigger and more important
1: coming in I've, I've got a related question actually probably for all of you um and, and manish has asked in the in the questions google has approved ai written articles should we publish fully ai articles I feel like AI articles is like old-time article spinners. We don't know how safe it is. There's been a lot of focus this week, in particular, in the SEO community. Uh, someone published a, a you know their tool which basically scrapes someone's sitemap and then automatically produces I don't know ten thousand articles based on that sitemap and publishes it. And they've seen their rankings take off. and there's a lot of argument about, you know, is this ethical, but also what's Google going to do about this? Because a lot of AI content, when you read it, it does feel really generic. It's difficult to get through, doesn't it? And I think if we see marketers going straight to pure AI written content, it is going to degrade the quality of search results. So how does Google combat this? Do they combat it? And what do we as marketers do? do do we just give up and say right we're just going to publish generic garbage or do we do we stand and fight hoping that google is going to reward us somehow
3: i have a few thoughts okay. about ai content so <laughs> particularly in advertising but i, I think it's universal um, so i think that google won't need to because i think that users are going to be discerning and i think the more AI content ai content that we see the more users are going to be repelled by it and think that it's disingenuous, um, they're going to have a lack of trust in the business. Um, I think there's a place for AI. I think it's great for people who are trying to kind of hone in, find a different way of putting something. You know, looking for that one phrase that that's really going to make a difference. But if you're generating AI ads or AI copy, you are not talking to your customers no matter how much information you put in you are not talking to your customers Um, and i think that customers are going to see that and they are going to lean towards the brands that that are genuine that have their own voice that they can trust um you know that aren't doing that that same cta um that you know everyone else is using
2: yeah, I think it kind of connects as well to a little, what was just saying just a moment ago about right, creating your new, your own data and creating something new. AI is great at regurg- uh, regurgitating existing info. It's not so good at coming up with new info, and I think that's where it's the part where the difference is going to come in. But yeah, uh, I've not actually seen an AI article yet that is as good as an article that can actually be written by a, an actual proper copywriter. You can always you can always tell like you're saying to you can literally sit down, and read it. And you go, this was written by AI. Straight away, you know. Um, and yeah, they're just not as good. They're just um, something that just feels off about them. And like Nick's saying, users will react to that and they will. Um, it will change their behavior. So AI has its place and it's a great tool, but it's a tool. It doesn't replace the people. It helps them. It helps It's for them to use to um, whatever they're using it for. There's lots of different uses. so we're not going to go through all of them. But it's a great tool, but yeah, it doesn't replace a good marketer.
4: I can't reiterate that enough from content. I've experimented a lot with AI in terms of you know creating um blog posts, refining call to actions, um playing around with like landing page structures. Uh the key the key takeaway for me is is what you said Andy, AI is the tool. It can be used extensively in ideation and and coming up with know fresh fresh ideas and i mentioned resource management earlier for, for marketing managers or people creating content it does take some of the um some of the mental legwork away there so you can sort of ideate a bit more freely and just say come up with some blog titles for me and it might come up with something that you think is quite unique and interesting and you take that refine it further but um the ultimate analogy i think really is like think about the first sort of like animated film you saw, like for me, it might be Toy Story, and you go back 20 years and look at it now and you go, that's not real. I can tell that's not real. Obviously, that's not real. Or like CGI within a film is probably a better analogy. It's like, that's obviously fake. I can see that's obviously fake. I feel like we're going to go through this now with AI, where it's initially it's really convincing and compelling. You think, oh, what an authentic piece and how clever we are to have come up with this AI-generated article and... In five minutes, you're going to be, in, in real time, in, in the next year, we're going to see, okay, you can really obviously see through brands that have uh, not invested their time in creating authentic content or uh, relied on the uh, EEAT of, of their content and just opted for the kind of more is more approach uh, and generated just loads of AI content. It's going to be really easy to see it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Before we move on to kind of talk a little bit more about PPC, I'm sure we'll circle back to SEO and content in a moment. Um, But I'm just curious, we've had a question about it as well. How do you think search behaviour will change? Because I don't know about the rest of you, but I definitely find myself asking longer questions to Google, almost expecting that chat GPT style answer. And then I'm getting these search results. I'm almost already a little bit disappointed with them. So I'm like, oh, if I would have asked ChatGPT that, I would have got a much more full answer. And I'm just curious to to know whether you think that search behavior will change or if I'm just an outlier, I suppose.
2: Yeah, that's um, that's a really interesting one in terms of how does the behavior change? Because user behavior is what drives everything. Google can make this brilliant SGE system but if users don't change their behavior, it's not gonna stay around that long. It'll disappear. If the users don't change and start using it, We saw it with um, ChatGPT when Bing, when Microsoft integrated it into Bing, you had a massive flood flood of traffic go over to Bing for, what, about a week, two weeks? And then it all came back to Google. Um, Because users say, hey, it's going to come down to how useful it actually is for the user in its its implementation. That's what's going to drive the change. So... um, yeah it's um in terms of how it changes especially as i was talking earlier about personalization and asking follow-up questions that if that really does take off and people start really using that and using the feature to ask follow-up questions um, that could have a huge impact on seo because obviously that's going to have a big impact on what keyword data we're going to get keyword data still is you know, really important for SEO. We see a change to that. That's going to drive a big change in how we're going to have to react to that because we're going to be seeing different things, especially if, like say, if you're getting personalized results. So you're getting completely different results to me. If we're searching the same thing, that can then have this big impact. And I think if we do start seeing that behavior, we're going to have to shift more towards, um, marketing towards the individual Mm -hmm. to, and we've been, Google's been going that way for a little while. They did it with rank brain to a degree with intent rather than keyword matching and that sort of shift there. We're going to have to shift more towards marketing, marketing towards the individual and marketing towards the need rather than the search.
3: Mm. And I wonder whether, because we're already, I, I feel like within PPC, we're already kind of maybe a little bit shifted ahead in that we are looking a lot more at audience signals um and user behavior within ppc and, and automated uh automated strategies within there and i wonder whether you know with with sg whether organic is going to have to go down that route more mm. and instead of relying on keyword data marketers are going to have to be really really familiar with their audience and know who they're marketing to yeah. um and completely kind of you utilize that data over um search data
2: yeah and this is one of my other predictions in terms of it's going to be much more important to have combined marketing so using multiple marketing channels as we shift more towards that because um, obviously so a lot of the data that you're using in BBC you just don't get in seo yeah. um it's different data sources so it's going to become more and more important to have those multiple marketing streams so you can bring the data together from all of them and use them to guide all your different marketing efforts not just let's not say SEO on its own won't be able to work or PPC on its own won't be able to work Uh, I certainly believe they will be able to it's going to be far more effective though to have those combined offerings of making sure they're working together those services are aligned with each other and supporting each other
0: Yeah, I think multi-channel and omni-channel marketing is going to be more important than ever next year. Um, Nick, you obviously you've touched a little bit on PPC already and sort of the changes that um, that SG will will have on it. Do you think that people are going to need to rethink their whole Google Ad strategy, or is it more about small changes
3: or like attitude changes? So, I think we've been having to rethink our ad strategy for quite some time now. And there are a multitude of factors that are affecting how we advertise to customers. I think in 2024, a huge, huge um, factor is going to be around trust and value. We've entered a cost of living crisis. And as a result, consumers are going to be much more discerning and they're going to want things that represent not necessarily the cheapest thing, but the most value for money. So if you're buying a piece of furniture, you're going to want a piece of furniture that will last you for years, rather than potentially churning through, you know, a number of coffee tables over a period of time. People are going to be thinking about sustainability in things like the clothes that they're wearing, um, the products they're consuming. And within advertising, we need to be able to reflect that. Um, we need to be able to talk to our customers and show them that what they are receiving is value for money because you don't have the luxury of the uh, the bricks and mortar shops where people can touch the product, they can see the product, they can understand the quality of the product, what you need to be able to do is reflect that in, you know, a short period. Uh, Space on the search engine results pages. Um, that's not going to be easy. So it's going to take a lot of creativity, a lot of talented minds, to to really get that value over to others.
1: Nick, I've got a question about use of generative AI in ads. I know right. we've we've had a chat previously about whether it's worth using like generative AI copy in ads yeah as as well as that as more of these tools build in image gen ai is there a danger that you know that beautiful coffee table that you see in the ad turns up and actually that wasn't a photo of it at all that was created in mid journey and the thing you've got looks absolute crap and people stop believing in what they see online
3: well yes and 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 also i think even further than that there's the legal ramifications because we do have the advertising standards agency and it's there for a reason to protect people from misleading adverts and i think if we're using generative ai to create product images are we in fact falsely advertising these products um i've seen some of the ones created by google ads they do not represent products that are being sold accurately And therefore, I feel that there is some risk to using them and that uh, marketers need to be really cautious about it because what they don't want to happen is for someone to make a purchase based on an advert, you know, an ad um, and actually receive something completely different. Now, you can, you know, you can mitigate this by saying, well, the the images on our website are different but if you've got those images on your website then why not use them within your advertising anyway you know it, it's it's something that y- you can do i mean I, where things might differ is in, in lead gen so if we're offering a service for example um using ai potentially to generate some sort of image that represents the service could work but again do i necessarily think it's warranted i'm not sure um i think that you can get far better stock image if you're desperate then the quality of like ai generated imagery of humans for example do you want to risk having a picture of someone with like 10 fingers on one hand and two on the other uh, you know um so so yeah i i understand the temptation um but i do think the risks probably outweigh the benefits at the moment
0: Yeah, I do actually have something to say on that quickly. I think it's worth watching what the big players are doing and seeing the response to that. I saw Disney, the Disney company had posted some um, Thanksgiving image with sort of the characters from the parks that seemed like it had been generated with AI. And a lot of the comments are like, why does it look like this character has a severed head? Why is this missing the table? Thanksgiving food had like two foods on it and that was it. And it was meant to be this really warm image. And they just kind of obviously put some information into AI and thought that'll do and post it and people are starting to notice this stuff and are starting to to understand I think you know there was all that stuff where there was AI generated images of the pope that ended up going quite mainstream and then end up in the newspaper so even the people who aren't as technologically savvy are going to be becoming aware of this so it really is I think a case of understanding whether the risk is worth it. But let the let the big players with the money make those mistakes first. Um yeah. I think like let the Disney company make those mistakes and learn from them. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I've got something to add in terms of content on that. Um and I think the the challenge revolves around creating quality content at scale and and maintaining that sort of detail expertise and authenticity really because uh the temptation with with all of with, with talking about AI is to, it, it's a tool that can, you know, great exponentially increase the amount of content you can create. So, um, going back to that more is more attitude. Um, you can, you can generate a lot of content that you could try and rank for numerous keywords across, you know, uh, a particular area, but it, it, it's, it's about getting, getting found out really in, in the end and, and realizing that, perhaps the content that you generate should be focused more on the kind of the quality over quantity. That's certainly where I'm seeing the most sort of results within the campaigns that I work on.
1: It, it sounds like a cop-out, doesn't it? But it's, it's not just about getting traffic. It's not just about getting the visitor to your website or ranking. It's that's utterly meaningless. The only thing that that does is increase your hosting fees, unless you're actually converting them and making a sale, and that sale is satisfied and recommends and repeat purchases. And it's almost like we might be moving into a time where being authentic is actually a USP, which is kind of weird. Like it could be that there are, if people get skeptical of of what they're seeing, then actually that sort of humanity and the technological solutions like image watermarking, whatever happens that we see, which sort of uh, signals that there is some humanity behind this business or this product or this ad actually becomes a real selling point for people, which would be a bizarre situation to be in. But I think anytime time there is a, an easy solution, you'll get the scammers, you'll get the lazy businesses that rush into it, start getting loads of traction, people start getting skeptical and then pull back. And then it's, where do we go from here? And do people start trusting more if they can see a person and, you know, they they can tell that that business is legit. It it should be really interesting either way, I think.
3: Yeah, I think if we're going to use AI in society, it has to be for the benefit of the people, the consumers in, in the case of marketing. So if we're using AI to cheat consumers and, you know, lazily produce thin content or poor quality ads, then really we're just doing people a disservice. We need to be utilizing AI to provide people with um, what they need to have, what they need to see, what they need to use, which is why, you know, we've got tools like SGE, which we're really excited about because actually it's gonna allow us to add more value to our customers' lives. I think business owners should be really, really excited about side of SG and AI.
0: Yeah, it is definitely pretty exciting. And I think it's def- it's going to open up some very new and different opportunities for a lot of, um, a lot of businesses. Tim, this is kind of a question for you. Um, we've had a question on the live stream asking, should Google be scared of losing business? Because surely people aren't gonna like, people aren't gonna want, businesses aren't gonna wanna make content anymore. Maybe they're not gonna trust Google if they feel like Google's stealing their traffic. Because so, they won't want to spend on PPC ads. What are your kind of thoughts on this?
1: I, th- I think Google is scared of losing business. I think that's why it's bringing out SGE because it can see that people will go to ChatGPT to search those questions that they may have previously gone to Google. So, Google sort of has to build a ChatGPT into its search if it's going to keep those people um, on search. And then at the moment, we don't know what the ad product looks like with SGE. Um, I don't think that they're going to release SGE publicly without an ad product. It's $162 billion of Google's annual revenue is generated from advertising and search. So they're not going to roll out something that cannibalizes that. Um, so, yeah, I think Google is very scared of, of losing business. That's why they had their code red. That's why Larry and Sergey came back in. And that's why we're seeing them rush out so many AI products at the moment some of them looking pretty half finished and some of them looking very distinctly average um but absolutely this is this is a survival fight for google for maybe the first time in its its history but i do think that they'll win and i think whatever happens in digital marketing google wins that seems to be the rule Um, so i I think they'll get it figured out and uh i you know people have said um in in the chat like user behavior is difficult to change And as Andy mentioned about Bing Chat, you know, yes, Bing Chat got some attention, but that quickly died down when people realized actually fundamentally it's not really as useful as Google. So I think Google has that sort of incumbent advantage. Um, And I I do think they'll get it figured out, but they're absolutely scared for sure.
3: I don't think Google releases anything without it being uh, easy to monetize. I mean, you think we get ads in our email accounts Thanks to Google. We get ads when we enjoy videos on YouTube. We get ads when we visit blogs. Um, so there's no way that they would invest so much into a platform and not monetize it in some way.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. They're, they, I think they know the risks and they're definitely not going to throw themselves under. Um, hence why I think it took them a little bit longer to make moves than for instance bing who maybe had a little bit less to lose by adding a a chat feature so yeah i think i think 2024 is going to be the year that we see what's going to what's going to change sam hi (laughs) it'd be great to hear some of your content predictions for 2024 don't have to be ai related but i can imagine they probably will be. So it'd be great, it'd be great to hear a little bit from you about that. I know you've spoken a little bit about content already, but
4: Yeah, yeah so it, it's hard to get away from AI next year. It, it's just so uh, all-encompassing in terms of uh what it means for consumers. But what I'm really interested in, particularly in my role as the content marketing team manager at Exposure Ninja is how uh, are marketers using ai how are they using it ethically and how are they using it to drive the kind of results that we want because ultimately we've talked about how businesses position themselves uh, how they can stay authentic but also you've got this like monstrous challenge of loads of people using ai to kind of uh, to, to leverage their situation without really much sort of thought and and sort of fewer resources going into that. So when I looked at the, um, let's get the name, right. It's the 2024 outlook, um, for B2B content marketing benchmarks, budgets, trends, um, put together by the content marketing Institute. A lot of what content marketing managers report on is the lack of resources and within the resource management aspect, aspect that I've mentioned before, it's having the right tools and knowing how to use those tools. So my prediction is that AI is going to be have to be standardized in some way within, uh, within content marketing to kind of make sure that uh, results are as consistent as possible across time. So for example, um, tone of voice is incredibly important for authenticity. So how do you represent your brand in the spoken word, uh, in the written word, sorry, as opposed to the spoken word? One of the ways to do that is to refine your prompts within AI, within, say you are using ChatGPT, you need to refine the way that you talk to the system to make sure that you're going to get consistent results. If you then just take that and copy paste and put it on your website, And with the developments within ChatGPT and within the developments within AI, you're going to get different results. So it relies on having a keen marketer behind it and someone with a really good knowledge of the written word and how to represent a brand to sort of tie all of this together in a a sort of nice cohesive way. So yeah, my prediction is making sure that AI is used um, effectively and ethically, but also that we have marketers that are extremely knowledgeable about it and using it in a way that is going to talk about their brand in the way that they want to be represented, again, going back to sort of authority and authenticity. Um, And really that's, that's how you're going to build that kind of thought leadership to make sure that you're ending up at the top of Google when, when all is said and done and all the AI, AI articles have sort of withered and, and not done, not done what they're designed to do and uh yeah so i think my yeah to refine that my prediction is that uh overcoming resource management will require a lot more focus on the ethical use of ai but also building knowledge around how to use it and how to use it properly
3: i like
0: that I definitely like that a lot. I think, yeah, it's very easy to just put a question or tell an AI to write a blog post, but whether that's consistent with previous blog posts, or even if you're generating imagery, whether those things are consistent is a a whole other story. Um, Sam, I'd also like to ask you, we've got quite a few questions about um, multi-channel and how to distribute your content. Will anything change with that in 2024, do you think?
4: I think, yes, I do. I think, Um, if we take content creation and content distribution as two sort of separate activities at the moment, like, for example, you are creating a blog post, you've created a blog post that's got an sort of informational intent. And, uh, you know, that's not really enough to just put it on your website. If this is something that you've poured so many resources into, to create this sort of thought leadership piece, um then the content distribution aspect is going to look different when you've got to compete with, uh, SGE. So a more, uh, something that we're really interested in at the moment is how digital PR is going to develop in 2024. Um, talking about this, even today with my team was, it was really interesting to see how people were sort of, uh, levering, leveraging different tools, but also methodologies to get content distributed to, to places where it's going to be seen and it's going to be seen by lots of people. So, um, if we're trying to multiply eyeballs on our content, the, a really effective strategy for that is digital PR, but digital PR in 2024 is not look the same as it did last year because of the developments with SGE and search. Um, one of the things that we were talking about was how sort of the one-to-one pitching within digital PR will still be so important. Uh, if you've got journalists who are looking for stories and, you know, looking for ways that they're going to fill space on their websites and newspapers and we're talking online and in print uh, it's having those established relationships with uh, journalists to be able to uh, have you as the contact you as the authority on your specific subject area and therefore being able to sort of have that established relationship going into a new phase of digital pr and saying look we're still here we're still talking about this subject we're still the thought leaders and uh yeah it's the relationship that's going to be important um for certainly the content distribution side of things looking at that beyond uh beyond searches yeah it Digital PR is kind of the focus and that's, that's the, that's the thing that I'm most interested in as a, as a development point.
3: Yeah,
0: it's going to be, yeah, I think authenticity and being kind of an authority and offering that kind of more personal aspect that isn't just sending out AI generated responses to journalists and other publications, I think is a huge, huge part of this. Um, this is kind of a question for everybody, but I'm going to start with Tim do you think that user-generated content is going to be a big part of 2024 um Sinead who's our strategy PPC strategist my brain went then um has said that she thinks that social and user-generated content are going to be massive in 2024 and i'd love to know if anybody else has any thoughts on that
1: yeah i i completely agree and I think this is one of the ways that humanity will counteract the flood of AI-generated sludge that is pouring down the pipe towards our open mouths. And, and you know, even if we look at SEO, UGC is going to impact SEO. That's why Google's Perspectives feature is coming out. They were talking this week about um, adding markup for forum and discussion sites and why they're doing this. They're doing this so that they can so that Google can more easily rank um, y- uh, user generated content and discussions inside forum posts. So the updated search quality rater guidelines have specific um, information for the search quality raters to look at discussion posts and work out what the EEAT is of those posts. And I think that's that's how you know we, we go in two directions. We've got the mass sort of AI generated stuff, including SGE. And then we've got the individual experiences, the individual perspectives and people who get fed up with one or the other, you know, they, they have the alternative. So I, I think we will see this. I think it will be the antidote to a lot of um, a lot of the, the worst parts of AI um, that, that we'll see coming our way.
3: Yeah, it's an interesting time because we at the moment we have four distinct generations online who have different patterns of user behavior and different areas um where they choose to to buy they choose to make buying decisions and they want to see themselves in that and i think we've got ugc right in some areas i think particularly with the younger generational marketing we're seeing a lot more ugc i think we can certainly start leveraging it a bit more for our mature audiences for our gen x for our baby boomers you know having that that marketing out there um you know i recently uh worked with someone who was creating uh ugc aimed at new grandparents and it was really refreshing to see uh mature uh, user generated content and i'd love to see more of that online next year
4: yeah there's a there's a that's that's amazing i never even considered that um but I think uh, for for me, it's it's um the notes and the the follow features that were sort of be, looking to be built into sG uh, 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 where you can see users having more of an input on um on search. so you know somebody can comment on a, on a on a on a piece of information and and then follow it for updates and other people can feed into that. so it's uh, yeah, it's how. Almost in a yeah, to leverage what we're trying to say, leverage more brand awareness. You're going to have to have a more active and proactive and reactive stance to what's happening in search engines. So, if you see a trending topic, can your business or brand comment on it? And that's part of your brand being having the input there as opposed to relying on the user input to kind of say, Oh, I know this brand does great dog harnesses or this brand does great packaging supplies etc so putting your brand in there and, and taking that proactive stance to addressing those things with sge
3: and and you know not just being kind of uh putting ugc in the bracket of paid social as well because actually it can be utilized all over the place so we can see it on youtube and um as we now see new uh Google ads, um, uh, campaign types out there, but also even on site. I mean, you can have UGC on your own site to really give that trust factor. You can have UGC in your outreach to you know, show people exactly what your product's about. And it all comes back to that authenticity and trust and being able to show your consumers that actually your product's the real deal.
2: Yeah, I think one area where um, I was talking about UGC is where Google will be considering they'll have to tread quite lightly, is they've already had a few legal challenges in the U.S. about sort of... um, being accused of pushing a certain political agenda and yeah. so on, uh, I think they'll need to be very careful with um, ranking UGC in terms of how that could potentially come across to certain groups, and obviously they don't want a legal scandal, nobody does, um, so they're going to need to be quite careful in terms of how they how they do that, and I mean, the irony is both sides of the aisle have accused them of a political agenda, which always, always yeah. makes me smile when companies are accused by both the left and right wing of being overly left and right it is um, generally means in my opinion they're quite centrist and, and so but um, um, yeah so they'll need to be quite uh, quite careful in terms of how they approach that because obviously um yeah if they do get accused or they, they they're such a, they've got such a powerful position in terms of how much of search they own if they do get accused of pushing a certain political bias that could go very badly for them so they need to be yeah. um careful with you, the the UGC
3: there's also a lot marketers can do to to bring diversity into user-generated content. Again, using people of different ages, people of ethnicities, people of different genders. Um, representation within user-generated uh, content is so important, and it's really important that marketers reach out to different influencers, different customers um, to show you know the, the breadth of, of people in society.
4: Yeah. Andy mentioned it before as well. It's like, um, rewarding new perspectives, uh, search engines, rewarding new perspectives and new ideas. And I guess that can kind of go uh, kind of go both ways. So there's the introducing, uh, more of a, a diverse and inclusive search experience, but then there's also rewarding new perspectives in, in a more negative sense where it's, if you just need to say something new about a subject, then. Is that the is that the right answer? Is that the best answer? So it's a, yes. it's it's, a, it's an interesting challenge, but I think the ultimately relying on that kind of diversity inclusion is probably the 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 most um, the most ethical approach, certainly, but certainly the most useful one to encompass as, as many people as you can with you know no. uh, targeting such a, a wide range of consumers.
0: Definitely. Yeah, that's a very, very interesting point. And I think we're probably going to see, um, I'm intrigued how this notes feature plays out because there's definitely the opportunity there for if somebody doesn't agree with what's being said or doesn't like the creator, it's quite easy for them to comment on it and say, yes, yeah, recipe was terrible. My whole family got food poisoning because they've got beef with the cooking site, you know, so that you're definitely going to have to be careful of these things. Um, We've been talking for quite a while now, which is wonderful. But I can imagine anybody listening or watching live could be like, what on earth do I do next? Um, It would be great to kind of hear from each of you what a person should do if they want to go away and do something SEO, they want to do something PPC, they want to do something content. What should their next step be after listening to this podcast? It would be great. To start with you, Andy, since we started with you back at the beginning.
2: Okay, so yeah, so um SEO. So what what should be your next steps in preparing for 2024 for SEO? Um It's in a bit of a weird position at the moment because we've got this
1: huge
2: change that we've been just talking about, going, but it's just. It's not quite here yet. It's just a bit further away, and we don't know exact. We know it's going to be this huge change, but we don't know exactly how it's going to come through because Google's still tweaking it. They're still testing it. They're still doing things. There's the whole European issues with AI and legal ramifications, and they're going how they come out. So, from SEO, the best thing I would say you could be doing at the moment is staying close to SEO news because. We know it's change. We know it's. We know this change is coming. We know it's going to be big. We don't know what the details are going to look like yet. So stay close to the SEO news so you can be ready as those details start. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of crystallizing, sort of forming. You can be in best position to respond to those. So there's a big change coming. At the moment, we don't know exactly. We've got a good idea of what it's going to be looking like, but we don't know what the exact details are. So I don't want to say, go and do this, because that might change. Um, So at this point, it's keep close to the news so you're ready for that change when it happens. Be prepared for that change coming in.
0: Yeah, definitely agree. And if you need to get that news from someplace, we frequently upload videos about how you can kind of start prepping for SGE, um and start prepping for these changes in 2024. So subscribe to our YouTube channel over on YouTube if you haven't already um, to kind of be the first to know about our sort of SG discoveries. Let us do the hard work for you, I suppose. Andy's like, <laughs> he's already done the work. So <laughs> anyway, before I put my foot in it anymore, Nick, what would you say the next thing that people should do in terms of PPC for to help them prepare for 2024?
3: I would say talk to your customers, survey your customers, ring your customers, learn about your customers, just absolutely everything so you have a really clear idea of the audience that you want to attract because that audience is gonna be where your PPC activity is gonna have to go. Um, So the more you know about them, the more you understand their shopping habits, not just why they shop from you, but where else they shop, um, where they live, who, who they live with, anything you can get hold of. Um, that data is going to come in so, so much for you when you're creating your ad copy, your creative content. So yeah, that would be my tip, awesome.
0: Wonderful. And Sam, what would your suggestion be for next steps when it comes to content?
4: I'd follow one from Andy's advice and, uh, stay close to the news, keep an eye on search engines and, and how they develop, um. Ultimately, the the future isn't here just yet, so there's no need to panic. Um, But I would say, being adaptable in your strategy to content is gonna be really important as changes get rolled out. If you've got your next year's worth of content planned out, that's fantastic. Don't put that in the bin just because you've got updates coming up. What's gonna be most important is how you approach the content creation process and how you're going to distribute that content to get the most eyeballs on your brand and your business. Um, Realistically, it's going to be iterative changes. I don't think we're going to see like a wholesale change overnight and your content strategy is going to be meaningless, but it's going to be important to make sure that, for example, uh, if you've got your ultimate guide planned at the end of the year, maybe you're going to want to uh, distribute that content more, uh, o- over a few months uh, as if you see SG updates around, you know, your particular subject area or your niche. So don't panic, be adaptable, keep an eye on the SEO news, subscribe to the
0: Exposure Ninja YouTube channel. <laughs> Thanks for the plug at the end there. Very much appreciated. Tim, I'm sure you also have an idea of maybe what you think the next step for people should be to prepare for 2024. What are your thoughts?
1: I would just I would actually echo what everyone has said. So you stay up to date with the the sort of the technical side, but exactly what Nick said. I think she completely nailed it. Let's not lose sight of the fact that the point of marketing is to persuade another human being to do something. And I think the more that we get detached from that by thinking about AI or the latest whatever, you know, there are aspects of there are aspects of digital marketing where the people who are doing it are so detached from the end user that they convince themselves of all sorts of alternative truths like the key to success is producing 65,000 variants of a particular ad and what they haven't done is thought about okay what's the message is actually going to resonate with my customer and make them buy and they've convinced themselves that they're playing a different game to the game that they actually should be playing which is a good salesperson standing in front of a good prospect convincing them to buy something so if in doubt like do what you need to do to convert the customer and you know the the latest and greatest things those are just tools in our arsenal to, to make that uh, to make that sale that's what i think marketing should be about and i hope that we don't lose sight of that in 2024.
0: yeah i think there's i think in a way this could be quite positive for all of us. If we get to be more person first, I think that would be that would be really fantastic. Thank you all so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing all your thoughts. It's been really wonderful. And I think we've had a really nice like range of perspectives. Obviously, you all come from different teams, but I think it's been nice to kind of hear how these things connect together. Um, before we go, of course... Don't forget to get your free website marketing review from exposioninjacom slash review. It doesn't take you very long to fill in and we'll send you a 15 minute review of your website and marketing. Thank you all so much for being here. And maybe we'll see some of these faces back in the future. We shall see. Thanks again, everyone.
1: Thanks, everyone.
0: Bye.